Welcome back, fellow podcasters. It's Freedom Friday, and time for another episode of Jeff Fry, an American conservative. So over the last couple of days, there's been a rather interesting set of events happening. And all of these things center around the election results from the last presidential election. Now, I'm not trying to be a conspiratist of any kind, but apparently we have 73 million Americans who all just don't exactly want to drink the Kool-Aid that the Democrat Party and the Main Street media has been feeding us ever since this whole election process started on November the 3rd. Oh, sure, we... uh, We were forewarned by the media that Joe Biden's mail-in ballots would show up a little bit later in the night and and it would look like Trump had an initial lead. And and don't be surprised, they said, if if these uh, apparent leads would vanish by night's end. And if you remember, somewhere around 10 o'clock or so on election night, I believe that the lead that President Trump was, was... enjoying at that time was a little bit larger than what the Democrats were expecting. And then suddenly and inexplicably, the voting stopped in about five or six of the bluest sanctuary cities, which also happened to be in our swing states. And then in the cloak of secrecy, somehow additional tens to hundreds of thousands of votes were counted, even though they weren't being observed properly. And in the morning, magically, all of those leads vanished. And since that time period, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of affidavits of patriotic whistleblowers have been showing up And keep in mind, an affidavit is a sworn testimony under penalty of perjury of what the media is brushing off as voting irregularities. But if you notice, the media isn't looking into any of these allegations, sworn allegations. In fact, there's no interest whatsoever. The only thing the media is doing is moving on. In fact, they keep posting in the background of Joe Biden, the office of the president-elect. What a bunch of crap that is. When, when did that start becoming an office? It wasn't all that long ago when a singular whistleblower that may have information, alleged information, on President Trump was, was the highest of news. I mean, every single mainstream media outlet, that's all you ever saw on those programs was this American patriotic whistleblower. And now we have hundreds and hundreds of these people, and yet there's crickets when it comes to trying to cover any allegation of any potential of fraud in our most basic of American liberties, and that is our vote. Without a fair election, we're not much of a society. 
we just become another kangaroo court in a third world country. So where you have the media out there, all they're doing is boasting about how all these are nothing but groundless allegations and, and there's no evidence. Well, let's, let's talk about a little bit of that evidence that's showing up, can we? And I'd like to start in Michigan because Michigan was granted hearings that these people that filed affidavits could come in under oath and they could once again plead their cases in front of a panel of election judges. And I want to point out that in Michigan, the vast majority of these inconsistencies, irregularities, all happened in Wayne County, which coincidentally is where Detroit, Michigan is. And there are basically four big takeaways from these hearings. Let's go through them. The first one had to do with the amount of dead voters and vacant addresses that showed up. Now, apparently in the city of Detroit, there were approximately 172,000 absentee ballots that were sent in, and approximately 1,000 of those, or around 1%, a little bit under 1% of those, were from people who were no longer living. Now, the media coughs that up by saying, hey, you know, there are times when, you know, a person sends in an absentee ballot and then they pass away between the time period they filled out the ballot and the time the election actually takes place. But I dare say 1% and only in the city of Detroit did this large amount of absentee ballot people died. And coincidentally, all were for Biden votes. And then we go to the addresses that have been looked at. Because almost 10% of them, over 15,000 of these absentee ballots that were sent in, were addresses that when looked at were either vacant lots or burned down houses. 15,000 of them. Now keep in mind, these are all done under people's sworn affidavits subject to perjury. Now the next thing talks about some hypocrisy about how the media has changed their language a little bit about how they defined this voter fraud that took place. I mean, first of all, it said there was no voter fraud at all. Then they said that there was no widespread voter fraud. And currently, we're hearing that there's no widespread voter fraud that could possibly change the results of the election. There was also testimony about these Dominion voting machine systems. And uh, uh, they were talking about how, how these votes were being tallied up. And, and they refer to this as fractional vote data. And what is fractional vote data? It's, it's a decimal point. So apparently these machines were clearly showing that at their vote tallies, let's say one machine may have had 22,350.6 votes tallied. The 0.6, interesting because this was one of the ways they were showing that 
that these algorithms for suppressing or changing vote data was being used. I mean, when let's face it, when you put a, a, a ballot in, you don't put 0.6 of a ballot in, do you? But if you had an algorithm which perhaps said that you wanted 83% of the votes tallied to go to Biden and 17% to go to Trump, there is a possibility that you have these fractional amounts. There was testimony about these machines being connected to an Ethernet cable. And the Ethernet cable was connected to a router. And the router was connected to all of the other computers in the network, which was managed by all 503 of the precincts in the city of Detroit. Now, why do you think they all needed to be connected? Weren't they kind of counting on their own? Or is this maybe another piece of proof that they were tied together for this algorithm vote count thing going on? Then we had Melissa Carone, who was a Dominion contractor, who said that she was talking to an employee at Dominion who claimed that he had been at a storage place called the Chicago Warehouse. But this Chicago Warehouse apparently was not in Chicago. It was in Detroit. And in this warehouse, very secretive things were being done. And again, this was being testified under oath. And after 27 hours, when Melissa Carone was at that location, she said she'd never witnessed a single ballot for Trump. And yet, she saw ballots that were counted multiple times. Wow. And lastly, they had a person named Michael Dubio who testified that he saw a truck carrying ballots coming into his voting center. And this truck was bringing these ballots in between 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And when asked why they didn't question these ballots when they were coming in, he testified that he didn't think that he had to because a supervisor was standing right there next to him. Patty McMurray, she said that she saw a number of ballots that was registered as military, but it was the same Xeroxed copies time and time again being put into the machines. All of them were Biden, not a single Trump vote. She also testified that workers were entering names and addresses that had phony birth dates. And she said they, they would sit there and override the system and allow them to enter non-registered voters. And through the course of the day, there were hundreds, well, maybe a hundred, people that testified story after story after story. And why are these people doing this? Is this a conspiracy? Come on. And yet, even in today's news, not a single peep, no one's questioning this. No interest. Not even a thinking pattern. It's just being dismissed. Wake up, people. We're being hoodwinked. And it isn't just Michigan. Uh-uh. In fact, today, in Nevada, there's actually a Nevada judge that has agreed to let the Trump campaign present the evidence of fraud and illegalities that pl plagued that election. And this is rather interesting because this is the first time that 
witnesses, and that's what these whistleblowers are with affidavits and swearing in, they're witnesses. It's the first time that witnesses will be able to be in front of a judge to plead their cases. Not in front of a panel, uh-uh, in front of a judge. Let's see what happens. And then let's not forget Wisconsin, because Wisconsin has very strict rules on absentee voting. And a lawsuit has been filed to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And in that lawsuit, it talks about these unlawful actions, which we'll get to in a second, on approximately 220,000 votes. And I want to keep in mind that Biden allegedly won that election in Wisconsin by just a little over 20,000 votes. As part of that lawsuit, there seems to be proof that the Wisconsin Elections Commission directed municipal clerks to alter incomplete absentee ballot envelopes, which is against Wisconsin law. Under Wisconsin law, an incomplete absentee ballot can only be corrected by the voter himself or herself, not by anyone else. There are also multiple examples where municipal clerks were issuing absentee ballots to voters without them requiring that mandatory application. Once again, in Wisconsin, there's a law that says that an absentee ballot cannot be issued without receiving a written application that requests the ballot. I want to clarify that this Wisconsin thing, tr truly most of what we're talking about here with these uh, affidavits that are uh, alleging these irregularities come out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And when you go back to those written applications, there were tens of thousands that were issued, apparently, without written requests. Wisconsin also has a, a rather rigid voter identification, which is essential to their integrity of the election. And the only ones that may be able to use that absentee voting status are voters that are indefinitely confined under circumstances or being physically ill, infirmed, elderly, or disabled. And yet more than 20,000 voters, 10 times the amount in previous years, claim that status and return their ballots without the proper identification. And finally, in the city of Madison, they talk about illegal or unlawful polling locations. And they're talking about over 200 parks and city locations. These unlawful polling locations were held outside of the county's approved polling locations and did not follow the state's strict absentee voting requirements. So hold on to your seats. I don't think we're quite through with this yet. I know the time clock is clicking, but you know what? This has nothing to do with the time clicking down. We're talking about what appears to be a widespread fraud situation. And you never know. After this Nevada thing goes through, maybe that'll be the crack that's required so that other judges may give same opportunities in some of these other states. Because once you get in front of a judge and start putting what appears to be sworn affidavits and witnesses, then, and only then, maybe we finally get some justice and integrity back into our election process. I want to thank you for logging in for me this week, and I look forward to our next talk.
I am Jeff Fry, an American conservative. I'll be back next week with more to talk about. In the meantime, keep us, U.S., the United States, in mind. Thank you.